Welcome back to another episode of Agile Way podcast, where we explore challenges organizations face on their Agile journey. How to become great Scrum Master, how to change your leadership style, or how to embrace agility at the organization level. I'm Suzy Shokova, Agile coach, certified Scrum trainer, and author of the great Scrum Master book and Agile Leader book, and I'm your host for this podcast. I'm passionate about business agility, organizational culture, and Agile leadership, and that was the reason why I decided to start this podcast, to share with you my experiences and stories from my Agile journey. So welcome everyone, Arne here today. And my first question is, uh, what are you currently passionate about in Agile space? Uh, I'm currently passionate, and thank you for having me, first of all. I'm currently uh, passionate about uh, self-management, and I've been that for a while. And uh, the reason for that is that I see a lot of organizations that keep their hierarchies. And hierarchies, in my mind, is the enemy to self-management. And it's so easy to say self-management and it's so hard to get there. So that's probably the reason why I'm passionate about it. Mm, self-management, I like it. It's uh, part of my passion as well, but how do you deal with those hierarchical organizations? You know, you came there and they're all about hierarchy and positions and those career paths and everything. So what are you gonna do, how you start? Uh, what, what I try to do I try to um, visualize the effects of having a hierarchy and one of the easiest things to visualize and show people is things take time um, if uh, if I have all the resources myself and I'm not talking about people as resources but the mandate and the technical resources and so on uh, on a team to make the decisions where where it's it counts. It goes like this, uh, like a snap of my fingers. But if I'm not allowed to make the decision, I need to ask my boss and my boss needs to ask her boss and she needs to ask uh, her boss and he needs to ask the big uh, kahuna or whatever you call it. And that takes time because, uh, of course, they're not sitting at their desk ready to get uh, questions. Uh, so uh, while I'm waiting for the answer, what should I do? Should I uh, keep on working? Um, of course, we have all heard the, the saying, it's better to beg forgiveness than ask for permission. And in some organizations that works and it's encouraged, but in the, the really hard hierarchies, uh, it doesn't work. So showing that it takes time and sometimes it's easy to show it uh, and <clears throat> or rather always it's easy to show it, but uh, sometimes uh, it's hard for people to get it. Uh, but I'm still the boss. Why, 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 can, I, why can I not make the decisions? And, then it's the trust part that uh, you need to talk about because having hierarchies sometimes is about a lack of trust, uh, gathering power on one level and then not letting go of it uh, because, of course, I know best. Trust is a nice topic. So how do you work with an organization where the trust is missing? So share some tips. Yeah, you, you can do it in different ways. You could... One thing uh, that you can do is actually show trust to others. Uh, if I want to work with others uh, and I want to help everyone in our organization to increase trust, of course, trust needs to be earned. 
but if I can if I can show that like a like a role model and uh, showing trust for someone else, then that hopefully it is contagious. Um, but uh, that contagiousness is very very fragile. So even if we can build it up, it's easy to get it down but showing trust is one thing and then thinking also about what kind of trust is it can we start with something small and uh, allow people to uh, to show that they are trustworthy in the small things when you when i talk about uh, teams um, and um, self-management one of the things that we get into sooner or later is psychological safety and um, when you talk about psychological safety of course trust is important and uh, just feeling that uh, i can depend upon others in my team that is also a factor that uh, helps you in teamwork so start with a small uh, and kind of be obvious about it and and uh, maybe not uh, pinpoint it directly but mention uh, good that that was done and uh, show trust in them and tell others about it as well this this guy did that and she did that and uh, now they do it all the time in the beginning it was it was it didn't happen so much and kind of reinforce the good things talk about the good things and uh, then the hard part is when i want to trust others be be even if i don't do it 100 percent, i need to show that i do it to kind of get the contagious things going something like that and and talk about it what does it mean uh, to people however when i say talk about it i i first in my mind i believe that everyone wants to talk about it but i know that's not true some people they say just let me do my job i don't want to talk about this trust and that and that and that i want to do my job um, and then turn it around uh, ask people what would make their life easier um, what kind of trust would they would they need from management and from teammates and from others and from different levels of the hierarchy to feel that they have the right to do the right job and and maybe show that to the, to the people as well agile is good because when you talk about agile and how to help organizations becoming agile um, and you should only become agile because you believe it will help you to reach another goal um, you can use agile to take stop small steps towards higher trust and uh, self-management and so on so i'm a i'm a big proponent of uh, taking small steps not only when we develop our products but also when we develop the organization so what is the first small step like imagine some very tough environment where you've been before what was your first step because those environments those are difficult right people don't speak up they don't want to share they don't want to talk about anything and definitely not trust we have trust we are fine just give us a break is usually what i hear right so in such a difficult environment can you give us an example how you let them talk and how you open their minds to have this conversation <clears throat> I try to show vulnerability or myself as well. And I think that is um, one of the key steps. Um, if I can talk about things that is a little outside of what we're actually doing and, and showing some vulnerability in that, uh, I think that helps. And uh, I try to be very humble when I talk to, to people developing products because I don't know very much about how they develop their products and I, I make a I try to be clear about that 
they know more about this than I. So if I can ask questions, if I can show them that I can ask questions, then we can talk about things that they like to talk about and then take small steps to things that they maybe not want to talk about or are a little hesitant to talk about in the beginning. Uh, it's it's maybe not that they're not um, that they're not wanting to talk about it, but as you say, it's it's tight. Uh, people are kind of feeling that it doesn't help me in any way to talk about these things, and um, yeah, so it's it's kind of showing vulnerability, asking questions about what they're good at, so that what you're good at you like to talk about, and then slowly move into into areas where I believe they need to talk, something like that. Now, looking back at your Agile journey as individual, like what was your biggest learning along that journey? One of my biggest learning was that I had to listen uh, and I couldn't speak all the time. I had to listen to others. And uh, um, I've, I've even um, had some presentations on, uh, on, uh, on conferences with the title, The Listening Scrum Master. And that was because I figured out that if it helps me to listen, then maybe it helps others to listen as well. And if a scrum master shows that he or she is listening, that's kind of also contagious so that others kind of figure that they should listen. So I, I think that's the that's one of my biggest learnings. And um, uh, an, another thing that maybe not a, a learning, but more like a revelation was before I went into Agile or before I had heard very much about it, I was um, working for a company in Sweden developing software. The company was developing software for mobile phones. And uh, my role in the company was uh, VP of product management. And in that capacity, I had to interact with uh, the, the VP of uh, R&D and uh, different uh, project managers. And in that company, we, we ran traditional uh, waterfall projects. They were approximately nine months long. And um, I had a discussion with the project manager once. And I, uh, I told her that uh, we, we both know about this nine months. And we both know that sometimes product management needs to change our mind uh, because the market demands are so-and-so. And what if we start a project and instead of wanting something after nine months we wanted something after six months and those requirements that we say are high priority we didn't we were not very eloquent about it we we had high priority and low priority and then that was all of the requirements so what if we said let's make a release after six months uh, and only do the high priority because i of course i understand we cannot do all and then she said, well, that's not really possible. Okay, so why? Well, you know, you, you need to put your socks on before you put your shoes on. And, and you know, it's what it was the traditional waterfall um, thinking, uh, doing development before we do integration, doing all of the integration before we do all the testing and so on. So yeah, that, that wasn't possible in her mind. And I started thinking there must be something else. There must be ways of doing that. And I've heard about XP. I've heard about Scrum. There were a couple of pockets in the organization talking about those things. And I was in a network uh, getting inspiration as well. So uh, 
year later, I wasn't working as a VP of product management, but more as a consultant, helping helping other um, companies um, learning about um, Agile and, and using that to reach the goals that they were setting up. Nice shift. So um, looking back into the history still, right? You are a trainer, Scrum trainer for ages. Can you give us your perspective of how Scrum changed over the years? I'm not sure that Scrum in itself changed. Uh, of course, the, the the Scrum guide has been updated a couple of, of times, and there has been, uh, in my mind, slight changes. And uh, some are for um, for clarity, and uh, some are for because of uh, the the thinking was a little wrong. But I wouldn't say large changes. The the change that I see is more how it's perceived uh, from the outside. And um, today, unfortunately, for many, it's perceived as something that you need to to have on your on your cap or something like that, like the certificate. Okay, now I have the Scrum certificate, and now I know everything. Uh, and of course, I'm uh, I'm um, exaggerating. That's not for everyone. What I also see is I see um, clear, honest wishes to learn about ways of working that helps may help us because people have experienced other ways of working that didn't help them uh, and then what i see also is uh, maybe more of a wish to be able to kind of install it right away like um, if i install a new program or application on my computer it's i'm going to use it right away and uh, unfortunately Agile and Scrum is not really that way that you can just install it and not install it in large organizations, just like pushing a button, even though some have tried. Um, you need to prepare, you need to uh, understand as well. So uh, my my mission uh, is to uh, help people to, to understand the underlying mechanisms of of Scrum and Agile and see if that fits with what they want to do. Uh, and many of the organizations that I'm into and that I get in contact with, they are working in complex environments, even if they don't realize it. So understanding what is complexity and how you can look upon different contexts that you are in. Um, and that is not really about Scrum changing, uh, but uh, maybe how different people, it's kind of outliers, some wanting to get something that they can install and others wanting to understand the world better so that they can choose what way of working that helps them best in their current situation. And install the self-management, right? Which is the most <laughs> tricky one. Yeah, it can yeah, be it just is. done by that, but it could be great if you have a pill, right? The agile pill, you eat it. You wake up in the morning and everything is. So uh, what, what you are talking now about uh, the, the red or the blue pill, right? <laughs> well, of course, you never know, would, right? That would be great. That would be uh, maybe great. not. I think it would not be as much fun if you don't experience that change. It doesn't stick. It doesn't speak to you. So I think the, no. the difficulty of that change is also good I... because you're learning through that period. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, something which is easy is not usually as fun as something that is hard. But uh, 
part of things that I'm not passionate about. I, I'm a little reluctant on, but I think that's kind of human as well. But uh, things, uh, uh, yeah, I often say that if it's not hard, it's not fun and it's not interesting. Um, and then I want to try a little and I want to, to, to learn. Um, and, and you get back to things like what is the inner... Um, inner drivers that people have and um, we have both heard about uh, uh, Dan Pink and his book Drive um, and um, there, there is interesting research at the uh, business school in Norway in Oslo uh, where they they say more or less the same thing as, uh, as uh, Daniel Pink says that uh, mastery getting better at what you're doing is an inner driver and um, yeah I, I think that's and if it's easy to get better okay we need a little resistance from time to time as well without it there is no like uh, feedback that you're trying right you just right. stay there and you feel like i'm good or am i even good what i'm doing I'm, uh, i don't know right so yeah i like that uh, challenge time to time but not too much mm -hmm. Now, uh, you're looking into the history a lot. So let's now look into the future. What do you think is the future of Agile in like, I don't know, 20 years from now? <laughs> uh, I laugh because uh, Agile, the manifesto for Agile software development was created in 2001. So it's kind of taking the same leap into the future. And when you ask people today, some say, well, that was a snapshot in time. That's what they thought those 17 people thought was good ideas uh, and what they learned at that time and if they did the same now they would probably do different and um, I, I believe so too um, some of the things they would keep to definitely and maybe they could would come up with some different things uh, maybe they wouldn't say that iterations should be months long which they say in a way in one of the principles uh, so maybe shorter uh, focus on shorter iterations is uh, and um, maybe also trying to help larger parts of organizations uh, because it's not only teams that develop products or solve problems that are affected you need support from the larger organization so um, how can people in the organization learn what this is about and how they can interact in better ways with those um, building the products. And it's not only about the team or the teams building the products. It's about the entire organization. We, we want it to, um, to work together and be like one organism where things, they are connected. So maybe that's something that the future bears with it. Uh, I, I like to, to think about what I am inspired by. And lately I've been inspired by the thoughts by, by um, um, two guys from uh, the Netherlands. And they, they created, uh, they created uh, something they called Corporate Rebels. Joost and Pim are their name. And um, they, they uh, were working in, um, in traditional organizations and they were, uh, Get tired, got tired of it, and uh, they created a bucket list of progressive organizations that they wanted to uh, to uh, visit. And they had visited over the years 150 pioneers uh, and pro 
progressive organizations, and uh, they are talking about eight trends that they see in general to, to get to better results and having people having fun at work. And one of the things that they say is they see a trend going from hierarchical pyramids to network of teams, and they see a trend going from directive leadership to supportive leadership. So the connection to the future of, of Agile, I think is uh, since it's not only one team in an organization and since Agile is not the only thing that we need to think about, we should get uh, inspiration from, from others uh, having similar thoughts and seeing similar problems and maybe having ideas that we can mix together to something bigger and better. Uh, so. Uh, Isolation is not good. Uh, putting up barriers between different parts in an organization is not good because it's the whole. And optimizing the whole is something that I like. Sometimes I get a little over the edge and, and forget about the small things. But I think that in all, all in all, uh, optimizing the whole is what we should try to do. Very nice. I like those corporate rebels, and I also like all the work from Nils Flying uh, about yeah. the complexity and this organizational design. Mm -hmm. And there are many more people interested in this space, Business Agility Institute and um, some more. But yeah, that's definitely a topic of a future. Let's see in 20 years, right? We can listen to this podcast in 20 years from now and see if we were close or not. Yeah, uh, and what, what I see sometimes is that um, uh, not everyone agrees with what we believe is, is the future. And not everyone believes that uh, a network of teams is the right thing. Uh, I saw a book uh, that was published lately. The, the title of the book is Why Managers Matter, The Perils of the Bossless Company. And it's like the opposite. And I'm very interested in reading that book and see what what is the what is the core of what they're saying and uh, why. I mean, leadership is not about saying you are a leader and I'm not. It's about allowing everyone in our organization to lead in the area where they have an expertise. Then manager is another thing. So uh, bossless managers, leaders, all of those words are interesting to to explore because. Uh, uh, allowing uh, and then also the the supportive leadership is interesting in my mind yeah all great topics we'll keep them for the next episode but uh, <laughs> now it's a time to thank you very much for being here for this great conversation it's been my pleasure to host you here thank you Susie and thank you for having me I um, look forward to meeting you next time and having great uh, conversations in the future as well thank you very much Thanks for listening to this episode of the Agile Way podcast hosted by Zuzi Shukova, author of the great Scrum Master book and Agile Leader book. If you love listening to this podcast, please leave us a review. If there is any topic you are particularly interested in and would like to hear another episode on it, let me know. For more information about me and my Agile classes, visit our website sochova.com S-O-C-H-O-V-A dot com Thank you for listening. Thank you.